0: Hello and welcome to the Employer Content Marketing Pod. I'm Chris LeCount-Harwood, your host of the podcast about employer marketing content. When the competition to attract and retain talent is fierce, organisations can't rely on just promoting their vacancies. They need to do a lot more than that. Enter employer content marketing. Joining me will be guests from inside and outside of the world of employer marketing. Let's get on with the chat. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you're listening. I'm super happy to have Nick Francis return for an episode of the Employer Content Marketing Pod. In episode two, we discussed his book, The New Fire, Harness the Power of Video for Your Business. Hi, Nick. How's it going?
1: Yeah, great. Not too bad. Um, You know, the overcast in San Francisco, um, which, you know, is not quite in the uh, California playbook. But um, (laughs) yeah, no, we're all right. Just kind of really getting used to just living at home now, really. Um, Day and 3046. I know, right? Yeah. And just the sort of sameness and kind of like, I don't know, monotony has like such a sort of negative undertone, but like it, it ultimately, it, it is, there's, there's a lot of good stuff happening. We're very lucky to, you know, have our family and our space and stuff, mm. um, you know, because there's a lot of people who don't have that. But um, yeah, it's funny how your life just starts to kind of... Accelerate yeah, away when, when you don't have the kind of brakes and stuff. Anyway.
0: So um, for those for those people who may not know and haven't listened to the previous episode that we um, we talked about your book, could you just give a quick intro into you and, and your book for us?
1: Sure. Um, so I um, am a video producer, uh, filmmaker, I guess, uh, once upon a time. Um, and I set up casual films with a friend of mine from university. Uh, we've now grown to uh, London, New York, LA, and San Francisco. We specialize in employer communications, makes up about half of our work. Uh, the mm-hmm. rest of it is kind of B2B, B2C. Um, about three years ago, I thought I should write a book to kind of communicate a bit around how video has changed for businesses. There, was this, there seemed to be a real knowledge gap um, in the like at this kind of senior level of a lot of the companies we were working with. There's the sort of practitioners who've kind of grown up with it and who really get it. Um, But they kind of struggled to sell it in um, to the people quite often who were holding the the purse strings because they just didn't appreciate how the role of video had changed. So yeah, I started writing a book um, and yeah, it was an incredible experience just because I, I don't think I appreciated how much I would learn in writing a book. I kind of figured... That in to write a book, you just kind of like write down the stuff you know, but mm. it's an incredibly valuable experience to kind of like straighten out your ideas and kind of really make you think about, you know, what do you think about, you know, how to write a brief and, mm. you know, it's one thing to have a sort of like a kind of a working knowledge or a professional insight onto something like that, but it, it's another thing to have to kind of put your kind of you know what's your number one point, what's it, what are your top five points, mm. um you know, on how to select an audience, how to select a, uh, uh, someone's feature in your film, for example, um, you know, it's sort of, yeah, it's a very valuable experience. Anyway, so.
0: it's a great, great body, say great body of work, so a lot of effort, you know, clearly went into it, and I, as I think I said in my, in the last episode, the, um, the kind of definitely feels like a sidekick, to anyone who wants to, you know, really th- think about the the why, the what and the how of, of video for their business. So um, in particular, yeah. I mean, you know, we could have chatted for, you know, much, much longer than the 40 or so minutes we did. I mm-hmm. think there was a particular part of the book um, when I was reading it, I found, you know, particularly interesting, which is this thing about, you wrote about brands becoming broadcasters. So mm. what does being a broadcaster mean, you know, when, when you're writing that part of the book? Well... <laughs> I think,
1: so there's a really interesting, there was an um, a Austrian economist in the 19th century called Ludwig von Mises, and he wrote about the idea that in the mind of the consumer, you can't uh, separate the value that marketing adds from the value of the utility of the core product. Mm-hmm. And the example used... Is that uh, if you go to a restaurant and they haven't cleaned the loo properly or the loo's are backed up, it doesn't matter if you've got Raymond Blanc cooking, you know, two Michelin star food. If the whole place smells of like excrement, then you're just not going to enjoy your meal. Yeah, it's
0: going and to take so the edge off, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it will take the edge off. And I guess what, where I think when when you talk about brands becoming broadcasters, what that really means is. Is understanding that video is in and, and your communications more broadly uh, like have the ben, have the potential to add so much value that it's important that businesses consider it almost like an additional product. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, for BMW, for example, or for a car car production company, you know, yes, of course they produce cars and they produce all the spare parts and they produce all the bits and pieces, but they also can enhance the value of that product. In the same way that, you know, they might put extra effort into the stitching of the seats, they mm. should put extra effort into the way that they communicate and, and build the value of the brand and, and the perception of the brand for the end consumer. And, you know, and it, and that works across, you know, all products, all businesses, you know, whether you're a business services firm, a bank, a car, car manufacturer, um, the opportunity for you to um, increase value for your consumer, um, is such that you, you, you know, you need to think of it in the way that a traditional broadcaster would. And, and, and I guess the reason why I say like, you know, brands have become broadcasters and the reason why that is such a concept is, is because of it's that idea that like your content is now an element of your product in the same way that, you know, for the BBC, for CNN, for, you know, traditional broadcaster, you know, that is their product.
0: Um, and that's so that's really what that means so what does it actually kind of to break it down a little bit what does it actually mean i suppose to be a broadcaster you know we see broadcasters in various different you know guises around the world in in our lives but what particular things do, would brands need to do to to behave like a broadcaster uh,
1: so i guess it is it's an understanding of video content as and the production video content as a process, as a ve- as opposed to sort of an individual transaction. I think historically, marketing content was produced in campaigns. So you would have a campaign that launched, and there'd be a big launch and big fanfare, and you know it might go on TV, it might be on the radio, uh, it might be in print or wherever. But you know it would then ebb away, and then you'd have the next campaign start up. And I think to really build value on a longer term, you need to be creating content, as you know, potentially sharing a piece of content a week, maybe even a piece of content a day. But it's sort of it's a it's a case of like building an audience. So if you look at a traditional broadcaster, they understand that they have to create a lifelong relationship with their consumers. So like the BBC will start off and you know obviously the bbc like a massive flagship multi-billion pound enterprise but you know it's it's kind of instructive to look at them because you sort of say well you can see that they sort of start off with cbb's you know for like tiny little uh, um tots and then kind of you know work up like and then they start creating news round which then engages like the kind of younger people in the concept of news and then they can then move on to the you know the six o'clock news and, and so like there's if you look at all the different the streams of content that run through all the different broadcasts um and pieces of content that bbc the bbc create like they're trying to create this kind of lifelong relationship now obviously you know if you're a aut- automotive manufacturer or even you know for our audience um if you are uh looking to uh, recruit tech tech savvy grads for example um you need to you you know they're they're, like they will move through a process through the year and 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 potentially across a number of different years and i guess what you need to try and think about is like you know how does the content that you serve someone who is still at school but potentially looking to get a job uh, in the future how does that content differ from the content that you maybe serve them when they they've gone through university and they're now actually starting to look for for a job and and you know i think it's it's having that kind of longer term view on it will will lead to just far better better results
0: actually you know you, that's a good point really, because when you think about it when people are you know, so people are leaving school and considering their next steps to go into university or go into an apprenticeship you know there is a, there is a natural I suppose, cycle to what they do over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and especially at university, I, I I found it where, you know, you just go, right, well, we need to raise awareness. And some clients being been very keen to raise awareness from year one, not just because they have maybe a, an internship or work placement they have to offer, but they want to make sure that, that when they get to final year, that they know about that company and will then consider them for, for graduate opportunities, but the challenges is obviously that thing. And like with any, any kind of, um, you know, sector, like say with consumer is that thing about, well, but we need to, we need to sell something. We need to, we need, we need products to sell. We need, we need, um, vacancies to fill. And so it's about balancing those, those two things out, isn't it? hundred um, well, percent. Yeah, that, definitely that, that challenge is, you know, that's, that's an, that's an important challenge to, to, to tackle. I think that's for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess you know you're you're looking to build trust with your audience ultimately, um, and they say you know I don't know how accurate it is, but you know it's a, it's, a, it's maybe a bit of a um, uh, they say that you need to have seven touch points with a consumer for them to buy off you. Um, now, obviously, some people will be more motivated than others, um, you know, and that's kind of really as a rule of thumb. So you know. Maybe you know it's a bit more for some, a bit less for others. But like, it does give you a kind of a feel for the amount of contact time that a prospective buyer or prospective candidate might have to have. And you know, hmm. the, the the longer you have been a presence in their mind. The, the easier it will be when you switch, you know, because you're you're kind of raising awareness, raising awareness, and then you might kind of put in like a sales activation message, which mm. should be sort of like you know apply now, or you know you're trying to like drive a di- very direct action, having built a, a certain amount of trust. And like if you re- if you manage to raise the trust up enough, um, then when you put in that sales activation message, um, or you know application, you know kind of job application message then people are far more likely to go for it. Um,
0: You're talking about content marketing, which you refer to in the book as well. You know, it's yes. that thing about providing that, that value to people. So when, it do, when you do get, get to the stage of, mm. of wanting, to, wanting them to purchase something or apply for something, mm. they see you as a trusted source because you have provided them with, with content that's going to inform them, you know, that's going to educate them, that's going to ent- entertain them. Either positive or negatively um, through stories, to um, to just being there as a utility for them, and yep. if you're there as a valued source, then when it comes to comes to um, yeah, then applying for something, then yeah, you would you would consider those because their awareness is much higher than say other other organisations. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. And you, so- you know, have you, you kind of you've added enough value for them. You know, and that value can be in a number of different ways. Mm um so yeah you kind of always building trust
0: why do you think why do you think that trust is even more important now or you know with the rise and rise of say social for example
1: i guess we're all everyone is just trying to find their way through um and i, th- I think you know we people thought that the internet was gonna and finally one of the things i talk about in the book is this idea that the internet will uh create this um the age of transparency whereby um you know it was it's no longer possible for companies to 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 lie or prevaricate and you know it's no it's it's harder for politicians to lie and you know and i guess like we're all everyone everyone's looking for information that they can trust and they can believe in um and the the world that we live in, it you know, feels very uncertain, mm. um, and you know, we look for uh, things that we can believe in all around us, um, you know. And I think the one of the really interesting things that is happening is that um, you know, businesses can play so much more than of a role than just being the place where people go to get money at the end of the month. Mm. Um, and if you sort of think through your entire the life, kind of the lifespan of your relationship with a company like it kind of begins you know you may have bought products off the company that you're applying to work for um, you may uh, you know you may have read like a, a white paper or something they produce like you know all these little touch points are kind of building your level of trust and understanding and belief in the business mm. um, and at a time when you know we kind of we're looking for security and solidity and you know ultimately you know things to believe in and you know and i like i think this is a is a great opportunity for 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 businesses to 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 be to to, to play that role and you know and the interesting thing about this whole corona crisis is like you know i don't think it's it sort of it's just sped everything up
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Like in an amazing way. Like you know, it's not. I don't think we're kind of seeing this like massive revolution, but like you know, people working from home and stuff. Um, yes, of course. Like we've that this has happened and evolved so much faster, but it was kind of happening already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And like uh, companies play a bit playing a role and being you know sources of. You know, comfort. You know, comfort sounds sort of a bit soft, but like you know, comfort and uh, you know,
0: and and security mm. um, is an extremely important thing. Um, yeah, definitely, I think yeah, reassurance in when you're surrounded. You were well, you surrounded by a whole flood of content. You know, whole waves of content, and there's obviously you know fake news, and not sure what is what is right and what is wrong and you know wanting to find that kind of trusted rock of reassurance i think is is really important and actually it is interesting really now where brands are thinking whether employer brands or consumer brands you know what do we say when we don't want to really be pushing our our product or our vacancy you know and actually mm-hmm. for me that that is that is content marketing it's like okay well we know we want to get some sort of business value out of it but um what do we do if we're not starting off by saying, can you please buy something off us? Can you please, you know, um, apply for something? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that as well, maybe in terms of mindset is, is going to be hopefully moving things more quickly in terms of the role of content um, in, in marketing. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm sure there will be a certain amount of going back to business as usual, but also there'll be a, a decent chunk of, of things changing
1: I think definitely mm. yeah. yeah 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 I mean I you know I get the key thing is like you know how long are we going to stay at home And I think once you get to six weeks that's where you know that's how long they say that it takes to learn a new habit mm. and there are kind of lots of things that we've sort of done because we've always done them um, which we probably won't go back to doing mm. or certainly won't go back to doing in the same in the same way I was talking to one of our um members of staff yesterday actually and he was saying that he they had like a beer on their stoop outside with some of their neighbors and he just he was like he just he like found it so hard to socialize with people
0: because it's
1: just like because he's just so used to just talking to his girlfriend and you know talking to people over zoom so yeah it's amazing how quickly we kind of you know but then also obviously we can evolve back um yeah Sorry.
0: In in the book, you talk about um, YouTube's content structure, mm-hmm. um, which I'm a big fan of and it's really good to see that in the book of hero, hub and hygiene or, or help is, is, is the nice way of saying it. Um, yeah. Can you just kind of talk us through that, that model and why you include it in the book?
1: Sure. So I guess they wanted to create a framework by which people who wanted to like, create a kind of content process, content marketing process could, um, could form the different types of content that they produce. And and ultimately it's based around, um, the different ways that people find content online. So mm. hero content is you sort of big, splashy, big rock stuff. You know, you see the picture, it's kind of really cool. Um, it's like, so Volvo trucks, if you look at the, like the Volvo trucks, um, YouTube channel mm. um, they were really good kind of earlier on um, when they when YouTube first came out with this uh, they did a lot of work you may remember the um, Jean-Claude Van Damme between the two trucks doing the split. the splits. Yeah. yeah yeah so you know that and they, that was like broadcast so that was like a key element of their kind of hero content mm-hmm. and then the idea is that that would then uh, you'd see that and then go to their YouTube channel and then you'd have the hygiene content, which, sorry, the hub content, which is like all of your like, sort of weekly magazines. So it's mm. like, this is what's happening. It's kind of far more um, time-specific. Um, and the idea is that that's like the, sort of the mainstream of the content flowing through the, through the channel. Mm. Um, and then the other way that people would find content is, is through searching for their help content. So, which, which, you know, so it could be like you know, how to reverse... An 18-wheeler truck or you know how to check the oil pressure or you know all these different things that like people would would just search and then they find the channel that way and then that's like another route into the hub content which you know people then subscribe for Hmm. Um, so that
0: actually requires a total flip doesn't it in terms of hygiene help a flipping mindset of going actually i know i know I know everyone talks about how it's important to think about the audience, but so many brands often think first about, well, what do we want to say? Mm. So actually by going, let's flip it around and go, what is going to be of value to this audience? If they were searching on YouTube, because it is still the second biggest search engine in the world, you know mm-hmm. what, what, would they, what would they be searching for? And then you create your content off, off the back of that. Um, exactly. So it's, yeah, and obviously with YouTube, it's, that kind of hygiene help content is a massive, massive part yeah, time, massive. of what they're about.
1: Yeah, you know, and it, like, video is just such. You know, if you, if ever I need to do something I don't know how to do, like, mm. video is just such, just a way, way better way of learning. You know, and you can put put in a little search um, for you know any like all sorts. I mean, I mean, I doing I think everyone's been doing quite a lot of baking and cooking recently. So I got quite <laughs> yeah. into. Um, got quite into like looking at you know how to make various different breads and stuff which is quite kind of cool but yeah video like it just works so well and then you know once once you've done your search for um you know whatever this piece of help content might be then yeah then you're that's just another route in so yeah either you see the big hero splashy stuff that kind of looks really exciting maybe has a really interesting thumbnail And it kind of gets you click to click on it, and you go in that way, or you kind of go in through the research. And the idea is, yeah, like um, over time, you can grow your viewership through um, the two different. So you're kind of the hero content is far more like traditional advertising, where you know it's a bit more spiky, um, and then your kind of hub is just ongoing, just sort of slowly building an audience. so, yeah, no, it's good. It's you know, it's it's kind of stood the test of time as well as a as a methodology. You know, the key thing is to think of it as a process as opposed to a campaign or a transaction. Mm. You know, um, and and iterate, um, which you know is not is not a kind of a core part of of the um, of the YouTube uh, method like hero help hygiene methodology. But but it's key. It's like you know just Look at the things that work well. Where you, you know, what like the fantastic thing about the online environment um, when you're kind of posting content is you can sort of see the things that resonate, mm. um, and then just you know do more of that, do less of the stuff that doesn't, mm. um, and then keep keeping your cadence up as well. is key, you know. So maybe make a goal of doing a piece of content a week. Maybe you know, you know, even once a month. Uh, it's getting a little, you know, could maybe do it being a little bit more regular than that.
0: Your point about cadence, I think, is really important, Uh, that consistency so that actually you are dropping into people's news feeds, which they're swiping through through very, very quickly. There's a huge, fierce competition for attention in in social media news feeds that you're turning up in people's subscriptions, in their inboxes or on YouTube. Um, But there is a challenge there, isn't there, about, well, maybe somebody might be thinking, well, does that mean I've got to be producing like really top-notch, very high-production video content all the time, you know, Uh, what's, what's the way of addressing, addressing that? You need to,
1: you need to revert, reversion sort of atomize the content as much as possible, Mm. like just, you know, simply it's just, yeah, reversioning. So, you know, you create your main piece of content, you know, there's this, you know, the idea of kind of like big rock content and maybe we can come Mm -hmm. on to that in a minute, but like this idea that like every piece of content you spend time producing you should be doing little posts around so that you're kind of trying to make sure that you have uh all your different social channels covered mm. um and you may be like you know you maybe post it and then hope to draw people back onto your website so that they can then sort of access the main piece of content that you produced um or you know it could be a youtube channel it could be a podcast but whatever it is you know you don't just put it up there you're kind of like sharing it across all the different channels and it's you know it's just it is just a bit more work, basically. Um, mm. It shouldn't hopefully be a huge amount more um, production. Mm. It's just very simple edits, and it's one of the things that's re- like really changed in the way that we deliver for our clients as, as casual. Is that um, you know once upon a time we might deliver like a single big kind of I sort of talk about this the the, the difference between um, the, uh, the 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 horse and the chi- chickens. Mm. Um, so, um, just in kind of top line, we, when we used to play, um, would you rather one of the absolute killer would you rather's was, uh, would you rather fight a chicken the size of a horse or a hundred horses, the size of chickens?
0: Uh, <laughs> 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 it's okay, a, tough it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one.
1: Cause you know, mm. like one peck from a chicken, the size of a horse and you're in big trouble, but a hundred yeah. horses, the size of chickens, like you're going to be... <laughs> That's going to be a real. Trouble. Anyway,
0: <laughs> anyway, it's, it's like, no, I
1: love it. But, yeah, But this does have a content marketing, um, uh, angle in the, <laughs> um, we traditionally, we used to create like a single chicken size, horse size chicken. Mm. So it was like a big piece of content that would just kind of, it would go on the homepage. It would go be played at all the, um, careers fairs, like all the exhibitions and stuff. And people would watch mm. it and be like, "Oh wow. It's so great. And it kind of like, it, it it communicated your message with like a single punch mm. and i think now it's kind of a case of more like you got you're got to create 100 you, you it's the same volume of content if you like or well, same sort of same production effort focus but instead of it mm. being like one big you know 40 50 80 thousand pound dollar film it's mm. just blown out across you know, maybe 20, 25 different outputs. So, yeah, like, you know, we will, you know, you're doing sort of 15-second cuts, 30-second cuts, 45-second cuts, hero films, breakdown of all the different um, interviewees of all the different films. and just trying to create as much content as you possibly can Um, Hmm. because, you know, the fact is the audience is so transient. If you just put your, if you spend all your money on a single film, you know, they're just going to, like, whip past it. You know, you're trying to pause the thumb, right? And unfortunately, you're more likely to get pause someone's thumb if you're creating a hundred pieces of content, all of which support each
0: other, than
1: you are if you create one and you spend all the money on that.
0: Definitely, it's it's um, yeah. I think it's easy to to hope and expect that someone's going to look through, you know, the whole video of something that you know a team has put spent so much time and effort doing but actually you know yeah that can be that could be missed and so yeah actually repeating and repurposing I think is yeah definitely really important I like your like what you talked about in terms of big rock content where you have mm. your your kind of your core piece of content that then has lots of different bits that come out come out of it um and that's just down to what we talked about in the last episode was um just down to having you know good planning you know I'm doing stuff at the moment actually where we're looking at um, repurposing existing videos um, cutting those down but also seeing what other bits of content we can get from that video in terms of stills quotes from those videos um, and of course there's a thing about turning those videos into blog posts as well um, and the role of user generated employee generated video content that takes the people in those videos mm-hmm. um, that features in those videos, and then let them film their own content as well. So, yeah, yeah there's um, I, I like the idea of of, of big, big rock. I first heard it um on LinkedIn, talking about big rock content. But it's, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a good good way of good way of approaching it. That's for sure. Well, it's
1: good. It, it sort of it it makes it. So the idea is that you know that you're kind of you're taking something which would traditionally like it is like a kind of traditional campaign. But then you just you just slice it and dice it so many ways. You know you've got the run into it. You've got then you've got the event itself, and then you can kind of cut and repurpose that like almost endlessly. You know, and so you could take a video like you know take videos. You could take stills from the videos for Instagram. You could take fifteen second cuts. Also, you know, put them on Instagram. Take a thirty second cut. Put it on Facebook um you could take the audio and make kind of podcast or a series of podcasts and put them out across all the different podcast platforms Uh, you know so like from one if you want to get creative you know you you've got the single event which costs the money and it's something i always say to our clients is like you know sending people out with cameras costs money like it it just takes time and it costs money Mm -hmm. and so what we want to try and do is make sure that we get you the maximum amount of mileage that we possibly can for that Mm. So, you know, because an editor can bang out, you know, four or five different cut, like social cuts in an afternoon, like no bother. Mm. Um, if, you know, if if not more, uh, obviously, mm. depending on the complexity. Uh, and so, you know, very quickly, you could have, yeah, 15, 20, 30 different cut bits, you know, and then you've got, as I said, podcasts, stills. Um, mm. So, yeah, and also, you know, all of them creating a kind of funnel. That's kind of drawing people back to your kind of the main, the main hub of your content. The um,
0: you kind of on the broadcast side of things. So, kind of brands behaving like broadcasters. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like that approach because actually, what it does is it it's going well. Traditionally, advertising was about placing ads in between the content, you know, between the programming content. Um, but actually, what this is about is behaving like a broadcaster. is It's really about creating that content that usually sits in between the ads. Mm. Um, and so, actually, if you start thinking like that about, you know, if I can, if I'm thinking like a um, someone who's planning planning programs, you know, what content is going to be entertaining and and educational and inspiring to to those people who are you know going to consume my content and I think also particularly now that we we can reach people so much more easily through social we don't have to purely rely on the big media outlets you know who have that the key that's the gateway to all those all of their audiences they are definitely mm. important but you can go direct to market yourself so much more easily than you you could do five. More like ten, fifteen years ago. Um, so I think that's really good. And when you, I think when you think about, well, if I'm going to be reaching whoever I want, or whichever my target audience is, I really need to think about what content is going to be of value to them, as opposed to just slinging ads at them. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, it's
1: it's um, it's a really exciting and interesting time actually to be working in this area um, mm. because of that sort of that shift and, you know, just banging out sales messages, which was kind of like where the market was, which just, um, it just doesn't work anymore. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, you got, you got, people got very, there's ad blocking, obviously YouTube premium, you pay for and you don't have to watch any of the ads. So you've got to be creating stuff that people are going to actively seek out and, you know,
0: they're going to miss if it wasn't there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so so when, um, you know, brands, brands as broadcasters, you know, what examples of, you've got an example of great broadcaster, a great brand broadcaster.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, you know, the sort of the, the real archetype is 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 Red Bull, but then the problem with that is like it it's a bit like saying, "Oh, well, Apple are really good at branding," and it's like, "Well, yeah, yeah. but it, it, it's kind of almost fatuous because, like, they, they're sort of they're in a, they're in such a sort of different league. I mean, and they, you know, they're also incredibly lucky that they are promoting action sports at a time when mm-hmm. the visual and dynamic is just so incredibly favoured by the platforms that we all access." Um, I know, having worked with Red Bull, that they're very keen to move beyond just, like, crazy teams and 20-somethings throwing themselves off jumps. Um, and they, wanna, they want their kind of um, Red Bull gives you wings concept to stand f- for, like, the, the sort of metaphysical as well as the physical. So, like, mm. you know, they're looking, they've got a couple of chess champions who are Red Bull athletes, for example. Um, and then also just looking at kind of like everyday people who are kind of going out and looking and, and, and working, um, and, and doing, and doing really special things. So, um, yeah, like they're trying to evolve from that. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, like there's, if you look at like, there's the Gold, Goldman Sachs, um, they did their um, talks at Goldman, I think it was called talks at Goldman, which was really, um. You know, just really interesting. I think the key thing, I think the brands that do it really well are the ones, and, and what I try to talk about in the book, is like if you can define what your purpose is as a business and then really bring it to life through the content that you share. So this idea, you know, Rebel, they, um, uh, you know, they, they enable people to live life to the full mm. and like, and if you look at all their content, like that is what, what it does, you know, like for BMW, it's, you know, they, they like, it's all about the, 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 enjoyment of driving and the love of kind of precision and, and, you know, and so you look at all their content and it all kind of aligns with that. And like, you know, the best brands, um, are the ones who are like best able to like, bring their purpose to life. Mm. and they're kind of their why to life if you like um who else let's see i don't really like i mean yeah like we one another one of our clients GoDaddy over here um have been putting a lot of um thought and time and effort into like how they communicate around their um um uh <laughs> How they communicate around their, um, uh, b- 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 the people who who use their software. Mm. Um, so it's all about kind of small business owners um, and telling their stories and kind of enabling people to kind of live their entrepreneurial dreams. Uh, which is mm. yeah, it's um, it's yeah, and it, like they do it really, really effectively. And you know, and some of them are more charitable angled. Some of them are more kind of like you know small businesses. And it, but it, it kind of it all is serving this concept of like yeah the sort of enablement of 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 entrepreneurial magic um and i think they did it really well
0: yeah they really some of the they've clearly you know dedicate a lot of time effort and love into into what they do you know the made in america series are really liked um mm. and um you guys are involved in Was it icons so icons yeah. Of tribe yeah um, just tapping into those entrepreneurial stories, and I think yeah, they they do have the the more hygiene and help content in there, and how to how to buy and it how to buy and sell a domain. You
1: know, yeah, you know, I mean,
0: for a profit, uh, you know. But but then you've got to have a combination of two. a la the the um, the YouTube content structure.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's you know, it's a, it's really you can see it really clearly there. You know, they've mm. got a lot of their. Uh, a lot of the site and a lot of the traffic is dedicated to, you know, to, yeah, how to how to register your business, how to set up a website, you know, how to pick a logo, you know, really basic stuff that people are all, you know, everyone will be searching. And, you know, because Google, because everyone's on Google or 93 or whatever it is 90 something percent of people are searching on Google mm. and um, YouTube is a Google um, asset. They say you know, video is favored. And so if you search how to set up my, um, how to register my company, then you can go through to uh, GoDaddy and, and, you know, someone there will tell you. So that's one way of doing it. But then they've also got, yeah, like the Made in America series, which is just, yeah, it's just really great
0: hero content, um, Mm -hmm. which draws people in another way. definitely and from a from a kind of bringing it back to employer marketing um so what kind of what kind of video content do you think employer marketers need to be need to be doing to become a broadcaster
1: i always go back and i sort of sometimes feel like i sound a bit like a broken record but like if you talk to your prospective audience and like and understand the things that there are their concerns and you know you can do that directly by talking to um you know talk to your staff and understand you know what are their concerns what are they what what what, they, what do they want to know um and then you can communicate create content around that um i guess the key thing is to yeah think about your purpose think about your evp um employee value proposition and um Work out how you can communicate. You know, what are the cleanest ways that you can communicate around those, um, and and think about it as a process as opposed to a campaign mm. or or a transaction.
0: Um, yeah, I've, I've seen um, seen examples of over the years. So like, EY, you know, they, they do put you know, time and effort into into kind of especially around the school lever market, creating content, some of that video. That's going to, you know, help people make make the right decision. Um, it's not all just about come and come and apply for us. Hundred um, percent. There's a certain amount of them living, living their living their employer brand as opposed to just having it, you know, there as a, as a message. Um, yeah. Also, Rolls Royce and uh, Rolls Royce won a, an award, a Rad Award, um, back in January for the apprenticeship series, mm-hmm. which is really nice. About included videos around, you know, myth busting around apprenticeships you know, the princes don't earn much money and they're like laughing going well actually when when i started working i was on this amount of money and when i can afford to get a car and all that while well, some of my friends were you know were um studying and having to pay a lot of money to to do that at university um, yeah so i think there's some and I'll, I'll drop some examples in, along with GoDaddy and, and Red Bull, mm. I'll drop some examples in the episode description of this, for sure, I think. Um, but as we yeah. said at the beginning, I think there's definitely, you think about it from a an early career perspective, there's so much information, like kind of hygiene and help information you can give people, mm-hmm. um, that there's definitely space to fill there in terms of content that can be created, especially video. And when it comes yeah. to those kind of, inspiring stories or those stories that people can have a connection with because they feel that they were are are in the same position as that Mm. person was those stories of someone starting out in their career and feeling daunted by something or feeling really optimistic by something or going through a challenge of a recruitment process is is all very powerful content that all ties into that thing about what kind of content should we be creating if if we were a broadcaster yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll drop some examples. In, I'll drop some examples in there. So yeah. you know, obviously, like you know, GoDaddy, Red Bull, you know, EY, you know, they they have, you know, they have time, and especially the Red Bulls and GoDaddies spend big budgets on mm-hmm. on behaving like broadcasters. Um, how can how can employer marketers kind of start to turn the dial more towards I'm a broadcaster status?
1: Um, so we've done a little work with Marriott hotels in the US, um, mm. and they have created, uh, we did a podcast series, which was kind of, we backed with video. So we were able to, or like at video animation. Mm. Um, so we just ring around various different key members of staff in the senior management and talk to them about, you know, what was happening in the company um and then use animation like very relatively simple animation to then take those audio assets and turn them into animations uh with like little people speaking and it kind of Mm. it was fun because obviously you know you've got all the senior people in the company kind of create you know as as like animated characters which was amusing in itself (laughs) but also just like it meant from a production standpoint it's really easy because it's like a you know it's like a telephone call or like recording a podcast. Um, and it just meant that they were then able to, you know, start like have this kind of hub thread that ran through the content marketing within Mar- like across the Marriott group. Mm. Um, so you know, it can be like yeah, nice. sim- as simple as that. Um, I guess, uh, you know, again, it's like do we do the work to understand what people. You know, what are people concerned about? What do they want to learn about? You know, it may be, it may be beyond the obvious, which is mm. why it's so important to kind of do a bit of research up front. And I think, you know, the very best projects um, are the ones which where the lion's share of the work happens before anyone even, I mean, almost even picks up a pen, um, but certainly before anyone picks up a camera or a microphone. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like... Think longer term, you know, like have a view to how you're going to build this over 12 to 18 months Um, and um, be prepared to, yeah, to iterate and look at the ways that look at the things that work look at the things that don't work. Um, And yeah, and, you know, understand, understand what are the things that people want to know and how are they finding you and how are they finding that information and then Mm. kind of create content that can sit
0: in those different places. Suppose the journey, the journey through um, the journey through education and into through a career is a long one. So, it's nice to have some organisations there, either really close to you as in as in, as employers, or you know, distant as in you know brands you're aware of, mm-hmm. to kind of you know take you on that journey or be there for you on that journey. Um, in fact, in fact, it feels like it's actually even more relevant to employer marketing than it is to consumer. You know. Um, mm-hmm actually it is so important to it's such careers education and also career is such a big part of everyone's lives um which again what's happening now i think is is emphasizing that yeah know? um so so actually i think yeah this this approach is and the whole broadcaster brands as broadcaster employer brands as broadcasters is i think a really good thing you know to um to to focus on and, and, and pick up and just start saying in meetings, okay, we're doing something. What if we were a broadcaster? Let's, let's think about what kind of content we could create. Yeah, what does that look like? Create.
1: I yeah. mean, the other, you know, the other thing is, like, you know, in a sense, I, I like the idea of brands as broadcasters, I mean, I guess because it's got the alliteration in, on the one hand, but, yeah. but you, you know, there's this idea that, like, it is, it's like an additional product. But in a sense, what the real value of, of the online world is, is, is in narrowcasting. So historically, the broadcasters, you know, you put stuff on TV and it's like a scattergun.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So, you know, TV advertising, historically, you know, you, okay, so you might put your advert in a certain TV show because you knew there was a certain demographic who were going to be the majority of people who were watching it. Um, What you can do now is find um, a niche and really create great content for a specific niche um and you know that you, you can almost not make things too focused in fact, funny this pod, this, thing, this broadcast I did yesterday the guy and in obviously in the US they call it a niche and so they they said uh niches niches get the riches so you know <laughs> just which didn't yeah Um, so yeah niches get the riches but yeah if you be like you can be extremely niche and and as kind of Seth Godin talks about in his he's got a great book um, called this is marketing and he talks about like make your marketing or make your product perfect for one person Mm. and you're like the smallest possible smallest viable group that you possibly can because if you can make it perfect for one person then you then like more people will love it Mm. whereas like it can be problematic if you start to think about like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to make this film for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of doesn't really resonate for anyone. And so like, you know, when you're approaching your content, it's like try to understand like specifically, like who is it who is going to absolutely love this? Who's going to find this incredibly valuable? Um, mm-hmm. And just be really, really focused on that. Um, so yeah, like, you know, that's, and that's this idea of like, yeah, we've sort of, we're, you know, yes, of course, we want brands to think in the, as, as broadcasters, but actually we're, we're really, we can, we can narrow cast and be incredibly focused about who our audience are, um, which is, yeah, which is a, you know, it's a great thing and it should kind of inform some of your thinking.
0: Yeah. Cause we know we can reach those, reach people, you know, whoever we want, we can reach these days. I seeing in, um, over the years, seeing kind of RFPs come in and, you know, sometimes those RFPs going, we want them to reach this audience the hard to reach audience and actually it's it's not that they're hard to reach as you just got to reach them in the right way with the yeah. right content you know yeah. so um we are blessed with um with the technology we have these days to be able to reach people to the absolute nth degree um, yeah. you know so but i think that's a that's a whole other episode perhaps so um for sure maybe, maybe we do that another we time can do that another time but, uh, yeah but, um, yeah, great. It's been really good again chatting with you, Nick. Yeah, cheers, and, um, Chris. Thanks, thanks for your time. Absolutely, and, real uh, pleasure. It's um, bank holiday, Easter weekend coming up, so Thursday's a new Friday, and staying in is definitely, definitely <laughs> the new going out, that's for sure. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, but, uh, yeah, have a good
0: time, and, um, yeah, be
1: in touch. Thanks, mate. Stay safe, and uh, thanks too, for having mate. me. Speak to you again soon. Cheers,
0: cheers bye. Thanks for listening and don't forget to follow or subscribe for the latest episode drops. And don't forget to get in touch if you want to contribute.